And welcome to the show. If you're wondering why this show is different, this is Mark. Mark, say hey to the people. Hey, people. Hey, people. So, <laughs> so the funny thing, so the funny thing about Mark and I, we recorded before, and I'm talking to the people out there, Mark. I know. Okay, so we recorded before, but due to technological um, non-advances or whatever, we just couldn't get it to work. Yeah. We had to go to another platform. So for the people who are wondering, well, how come? the intro was different, all this kind of stuff. It's because last time I was gonna have to fly the intro in and he didn't get to see any, Mark, you didn't get to see any of it. No, I didn't, I'm glad I did though. Yeah. One, so, that's one Benny of technological mishaps I get to saw. All right, right, I don't care if the show's any good, I got to saw the intro, that's good. <laughs> right, right, it's, it's, it's awesome. So, so Mark, you know the show, and thank you so much for being here. One of the things that is so awesome about having you here is you have so many things going on. You had so many different lanes that you traveled in your life, getting to and fro where you decided to land. But you also have your own um, podcast and you encourage people to be their best selves now over there on markbencover.com and release your Kraken. Just what is release <laughs> the Kraken? Let's start there. So we well, can see the up. shirt. It's creative yeah. Kraken. I don't know if you yeah. can see the Kraken part. Yeah, uh, I think the creative Kraken, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the whole merch thing. So yeah. we're plugging merch here today. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, that's just, um, I don't know how I came up with it, but I got this logo. Uh, yeah. My friends at Inky Block helped me design this, Inky Block Design. So, um, yeah. But I just like the idea of a Kraken. And for those that don't know, who think it came for Greek and Roman, au contraire. Kraken actually comes from uh, Norwegian things and sailors when they wouldn't come back. So it started off as a giant octopus. And then in the future, they mistranslated the squid. So I think the original was octopus. Anyways, octopus, Kraken, Norwegian. Um, so I think in each of us, we have creativity. And I just happen to call the creative force a creative Kraken. Because if you know the legend of the Kraken, it kind of lies underwater and only comes out when disturbed or prompted by something. So I think that's true of all our creativity. And when I say creativity, I think people can be creative no matter what they're doing, whether they're an auditor, an accountant, a doctor, a nurse, and then the usual suspects, writer, actor, composer. You know, we always think of the arts as creative. You can be creative anything. Yeah. And a, a human, you, you're creative with your podcast. And yeah, so I think everybody has that in them. And it's only when they release that and are expressing creative and ex exercising the creative force that they get in the flow. And that, to me, being in the flow is the most fulfilling time. That's when you're really alive. And then also, I mean, whatever religious bent you have or whatever, and I consider like scientists, they, their religion is just science. But um, so they can act in creativity and live a rich and fulfilled life only through that process. So I want all people to have that. So. That's important, you know, and, and I'm, I'm glad that you got, uh, yeah, I'm glad that you uh, opened up like the umbrella of what creative is because you're right. A lot of times somebody says, hey, something creative and you think they're a painter, they're a writer. Oh, they're a, right, right. They're an artist. They're, they're yeah. that, you know, but creativity yeah. comes in, 
in all forms. When starting, oh yeah, life, one of my. Oh, go okay. ahead. Oh no, no. Well, yeah. I was gonna say, like one of my best friends, she like started off as a nurse, and then she graduated through management, and then during COVID, uh, she's in Chicago area. In COVID, they had to find creative ways to serve more customers because they were just overwhelmed. And but she, she's the first she'll go. Well, she listens to my podcast too, so. Like I said, she's one of my best friends. So that's an obligation to become a friend of mine. You got to listen to my podcast, darn it. <laughs> no, anyway, so um, so she's like, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I, I love your podcast. You got a lot of energy, but I'm just not creative. I'm like, yes, you are. Yeah. You're just not in the artistic kind of, yeah. Because her husband, who's also one of my best friends, he's like crazy artistic dude. Like he paints, he's, yeah. uh, he writes, he's, in a, he's a musician, he's, yeah, so he does all those. And so she looks at him and she thinks that's the image of creativity. And I'm like, oh no, you created all these relationships with people and processes and you made it happen so you can support more people and nothing against your husband, but that probably actually helped more people because he's not a rock star. <laughs> 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 Although he wants to be one. Yeah. He, wants, he wants to be one. Everybody, everybody has dreams of being a rock star. At some, at oh yeah, I did. I did. That's actually how I got here. Yeah, because now you have a platform. You use your platform to encourage people to be creative. But you had your own yeah. journey trying to figure out what that was for you. How did that all start? And how many pieces of <laughs> the creative puzzle have you kind of placed in your own path? Unfortunately, a lot of times, creative outlets and escapes come from pain. Mm. So from sixth grade to uh, senior in high school, I was um abused bullied you know all that good stuff and i say good sarcastically um gotcha. and yeah. and i had my karate kid moment in senior year but we won't go into that maybe later but so from that i just had to find an escape because uh i mean the good thing was in my primary home you know my primary my family my mom my dad my siblings none of that happened there but it happened outside the house and there's many reasons, bullies and abusers find reasons. And it's not my fault, but I didn't know that as a kid. So I just escaped through music. And so I picked up the guitar and just became really good at it and started writing songs, started being in bands and going, hey, I'd like to make a life of this. And then um, near the end of my high school career, after my Karate Kid moment, the band I was in would go, yeah, let's you know, let's not go to college. Let's, you know, let's take two years and try to make it. Um, and so like most people know that went to college, most college start end of August, beginning of September. Mm. And then when the college accepts you, you actually have to reply and accept them <laughs> so you can get yeah. in. <laughs> I did not. Cause I thought, Oh, we're going to go for it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, yeah. late July, I'm in a band practice. And the guitarist goes to the drummer, hey, Nick, when are you, when are you headed out to Purdue? Which is a school in Indiana. We're in Chicago. And he goes, oh, yeah, I got to go. Like, next week I'm headed out. And then so all other three members are, like, talking about going to college. And I'm like, hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we said we're going to spend two years. We're not going to go to college. Like, oh, yeah, we, we decided against that. I'm like, when are you going to tell me? And like, they're like, so this is end of July and they're going like in a week or two to college. And they're like, 
Oh, we were going to tell you this meeting. Oh, thanks a lot. So then I had to scurry and, oh, okay, who accepted me? Who do I want to go to? And I got in University of Illinois. And um, having not really wanted to go to college, I'm like, oh, what's my major? So for like first four or five years, that's right. It took me seven years to get my bachelor. So the first four or five years, I was basically trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I started off like majoring in different facilities of music and decided, oh, that's for people who either want to be classical musicians or teachers. I want to be neither. So then I got really good grades my first couple of semesters and I had good grades in high school and a good SAT, all that good stuff. So the University of Illinois had this program where you can design your own major. So I go, oh, I'm going to design musical engineering. So it's a combination of acoustic classes and music and stuff to become a recording engineer. Yeah. And it made it no fun. It made music no fun. So, so I got out of that after a year. And then I went through, I don't know how many, probably 20 majors and then settled on electrical engineering. And um, yeah. And it was a weird way how I came to electrical engineering. Basically, I go, if I don't stick to a major, I'm not going to graduate. This is going to be a waste of time. And so I, I said, whatever this school, University of Illinois Champaign is best at, I'll get a, I'll get a degree in that. And it was happened to be electrical engineering that year I researched. It was number one in the professor. There's like five polls at rate colleges and yeah. university of Illinois is one or two switching off with MIT for electrical engineering and all five polls. Mm. It's like, Oh, okay. And then as most people don't know, and you're, you can't be at least at universities, you basically go to college, take all the basics. And then you're, when you were going into your junior year, you apply to the college and major you want. Mm. So since it was the best in the country, it's very competitive. I didn't know any of this. I just said, whatever it's the best in, you know, kind of like at a bar, throw a dart, put your decisions on the dart bar. Whatever the dart hits, I'm going to yeah. do. And so, so, yeah. So I picked electrical, electrical engineering and got in. And then an interesting thing happened. My first semester in electrical engineering, I noticed there were several people who did not get in who didn't like me. They're like, we spent our entire high school career taking calculus, physics, engineering, AP courses, just so we can come to Universal Illinois and get into engineering school. And we didn't get in. And you, wow. <laughs> you didn't even know what an engineer was in senior when you were a senior in high school. I'm like, how did you know? <laughs> and yeah, and then you're in. So anyway, so that's, and then I started a path where I got my engineering degree. I went to Boeing. I was an engineer, um, did a couple of projects and I did very well at them. And this military plane had like six systems in it. So they gave me one system and I was the head engineer, actually the only engineer for that system. And about six weeks time, I got it all locked down, had all the designs, did all the testing. It was good to go. And then the president of BMAC, it was called at that time, Boeing Military Airplane Corporation, I think or company. Anyways, he came to me and goes, Hey, Mark, you did a good job on the uh, system one. How would you like to take system two? And I go, great. Who do I give system one to? And he's like, you don't. So anyways, this pattern <laughs> over the next year and a half continued until I had, I was ahead of all six systems. Wow. And I don't know. Um, I'm okay with people, but I didn't know how to manage a project. I didn't know how to manage people. And basically, that's what you got to do when you're that guy yeah, or that woman. And I'm like, oh, crap. So then I started, all right, I need a new program management. I don't know. 
And then I started feeling my way through that. And then I hit, went to the commercial side and got into lean and six Sigma. So then I did that and that was fun. And I started training people and yeah, so I just had a lot of careers and a lot of fun. And then I, and by the way, parallel to this at all times, I've been playing my guitar, writing and doing all the creative artsy creative. That's what I call it for now. Artsy creative, not just creative, because creative encompasses everything. Yeah. And so, yeah. And now full circle, I'm like an expert in lean six Sigma program management. And that's pretty much what I do now in the corporate life. Cause I haven't sure. got out of that yet. Although I'm hoping very soon we'll be gone. Um, yeah. Two years, two or three years and I'm done. But, and then um, focus completely on the music stuff. So I'm learning animation and um, I don't know if you ever heard of gorillas. I don't know if I went over this last time. So uh-huh. gorillas is an animated, they're an animated pop group. They were oh, okay. oh. big, like maybe six, seven years ago, I think. Um, it's actually pretty funny because I saw this interview with uh, uh, one of the composers behind them, and they were interviewing like I can't remember what their hit song was because I never really liked them, but I like the con- concept of it, and we'll get to that in a second. But so the interviewer's like, "Yeah, how did you come up with the baseline for your number one hit?" He's like, "Oh," and then he goes to his keyboard, which was like a Casio or something. And he's like, he presses the button. It's bass pattern number one. <laughs> so oh he didn't God. even write it. It was like already on the, yeah. yeah. So sometimes people do that. Um, anyways, yeah. they were an animated band, so no one knew who the band members was. They had two, two or three hit albums. And so I'm going to release my music because as you can see, I'm older. I'm not very, I don't have, I have short gray hair. I don't, I'm not very rock starish anymore. So <laughs> Inky Black. Once again, Inky Black Design, it helped me design this, helped me design my characters. And so I'm learning animation. And so in Adobe uh, Creative Suite, I'm going to do animator and illustrator. And we're going to rig the things. And so we'll do my songs, but it'll be the band. I'll do videos with the band, Mm, the animated band. It seems like all of the the little pieces that you, the puzzle that I was talking about earlier, they kind of are starting to, you're putting them all together, but you're forming what it is you want to do with all of those little talents and and all of that. Where does does your podcast come in all of that? Where does that fall in your scope of what's next and what's current? Oh, well, hopefully I do that till I die and I don't plan on dying for a while. (laughs) <laughs> um, but it's called <laughs> it's called the Get Cracking Lab podcast. So it's all about um, like the person helping with me. So we're doing it in seasons, and season three is kind of a wash because I haven't recorded an episode for about a month, and because we moved across country, it's just a big mess. But I'll get back to it. So season one was just introducing the concept of what is the creative cracking, which I kind of went into earlier in the show, and then season two is kind of like okay. Now, I also got this earlier. I believe that unless you are creating, it's very difficult to have a rich and fulfilled life. So it's only when you're releasing your creative cracking, when you're creating in your lane, what makes you tick when you're creating, that's where you find purpose, you find full, you get in the flow. And so the whole show is all about that. And I have guests, which you will be one when you sign up, mister. Um, We talk about... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who are successful in their life and they found their lane and just talk about their creative process and how they got into it. So people can, I, and I want not just the creatives, like the artists, creativity, 
I want from all walks of life. So people can go, oh, that guy's a car mechanic. I'm a car mechanic. I get it. And by the way, most yeah. one of the most creative people I know, the reason I brought that up, is a car mechanic. The guy is like a genius. Um, oh, wow. Although he, he, he inherited some failed health issues. And yeah. But so he has like really high... It's, I can't remember what it's called, but it's really thick blood and it has nothing to do with cholesterol or diet. It's just like inherited. And he also has really high blood pressure. And so it came oh, wow. to a critical point where like he worked for a, a large um, auto dealer as the head mechanic dude of the garage in Chicago. And then they basically said, mm, dude, you got to take like a month, a year off because we don't want to kill you. So what yeah. does he do? So he has a large yard in Elgin <laughs> and he, he just gets all people and they, so it's filled with cars. I'm sure his neighbors love him, but he just works on all these cars and he finds out like just real creative ways. Like uh, when I last used him, I had a really old Volvo 164E. And so um, it, something was wrong with the fuel injection. So what did he do? He had access to really high octane called rocket fuel. And um, instead of the kit that Volvo used or whatever, he just, I didn't, I'm not going to explain it right because I'm not a mechanic. But anyways, he basically blew rocket fuel through the fuel injection system and cleaned it out and it worked perfect. So he's super creative. Like he does stuff like that. It's like, yeah, there's this kit and this kit, you know, it's from Mercedes and it costs like $5,000. But I can do the same thing for like, uh, you know, it's like MacGyver or mechanics with this bobby ah. pin, this bobby pin and some lighter <laughs> fluid. <laughs> anyway, oh so, my gosh. Yeah. yeah, so my whole thing is to have people find that to get move towards that, because I think that really is the secret to being a rich and fulfilled life. It's not about money, although a lot of people that find their niche, then they're so locked in that they just make money as a, it's almost like a consequence, not a focus. Obviously, there's greedy people out there that that's their main focus. Money, 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 money. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, um, I think there's a book called Do What You Love and the Money Will Follow. I don't agree with that. I think it's do what you're good at until you learn to love it, and then you'll make money. Because I think people have natural talents. And sometimes we go, man, I don't like my natural talent. It's like, wow, you're messing up. That's a natural talent leverage that because you could do that easily. You can like get in the flow. So just use it. And if you don't like how people normally apply it, use it in a way like something you're into and then Is learn that, to like it. It's like, Oh yeah. Would you say that that's, um, it, would you say that that's what um, you did? Because a lot of people having. Um, oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, I did, but I took like a long walk around the block. I mean, I've yeah, been. Yeah, yeah, because it's easy. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I've been in industry almost four years, and so <laughs> took me yeah. a while. I say, if I had to make a guess, I would say close to two decades was my walk around the block. Mm. I was still doing stuff what? I liked, and uh, yeah, getting jazz about life. But it's like when I it was like my aha moments, like wow, did I make it so hard on myself? I am, that's so natural. I've been doing that since a kid. Yeah. And I love it now, but for some reason, I'm like, I think it was outside voices. No, that's not how you succeed. That's not right. People, that's, no, that's not how engineers do engineering. It's like, that's how I do it. <laughs> mm. So, yeah. 
Find your own way. A lot of people, a lot of, yeah, find your own way. A lot of people listening to your story and all of kind of like the, the stepping stones to keep it moving, you know, there are some people that would just become complacent. It was like, well, I hate it. I love it, but I'm, I hate it. I don't love it, but I'm here. So I, yeah. I'm stuck here. But there was something about, oh. you know, I'm not going to be stuck here. I'm going to go do this. I don't like this. Right. Either, and I'm going to, what do you think was different about your perspective than the perspective of somebody who may just get stuck? and just say, this is all there is. Why were you different? So I would say the first turning point was circumstances. So I think I was at Boeing seven years and then they had a big layoff. So aerospace kind of goes up and down. And um, at that time, weirdly enough, electrical engineers were not in demand. And so I looked at the market and I said, okay, what's in, almost like I did with the, um, my major. I go, okay, what's big in the market? And then before, this is way before, like you go on LinkedIn and everybody's going, you got to pivot. Uh, you got to um, have, what do they call it? What's the one you translate skills into something else? I can't remember what they call uh, it. What is that called? Transferable. So, yeah, 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 transferable skills. So everybody talks about transferable skills and pivoting and blah, blah. Well, none of that was around when this happened, when I got laid off, but I kind of looked at the market and I'm like, IT was coming big then. I mean, yeah. we're talking uh, early 90s. So Microsoft was just coming into prowess as was Apple. And then, um, you know, people were all scared of technology. And it's like, hey, look at the biggest job market on the face of the planet right now. It's all different aspects of IT. That did not even exist 10 years ago. 10 years ago, it was like all mainframe guys and doing AS400 and machine language. And now it's like any Joe who doesn't even have to go to college. Like I'm just a coder and I just learned by hacking. Yeah. I was working on my Atari and I didn't like the game. So I modified it, you know, stuff like that. I thought, Oh, I'm going to reconfigure myself in it. And so I don't know how I came up with this, but I'm like, there's this thing that was really hot. It was like solution architect, enterprise architect. So I took all my skills rewrote my resume and transferable skills and then packaged it. Never had this job title before in my life, by the way, as an enterprise architect. And I scored a job at like twice the salary I was making at Boeing. Mm-hmm. And that I've been making that salary up and above since then. It was really weird. So it was happenstance. And then yeah. my reaction was like, I like to eat as obvious. So, <laughs> so it's like, I got laid off. It's like, Hey, I need to make some money. I mean, I could go back to rock stardom or, you know, that path. And that's yeah. a long and hard path. And uh, not everybody, one out of a million makes it. So I like to eat. So I reconfigured myself an enterprise architect. Then I got it back into music because there's a weird relationship. Like almost every, I'll say 90% of the IT people I've ever worked with are into music too. So whether they, it's enjoyment, like they go to concerts or they play an instrument or they record or they produce, I don't understand the connection, but it's there. And so then I started getting back big time into music. I mean, it never left me, but we're talking um, like as a casual, oh, there's my guitar. I haven't touched it in two weeks. And then I play it to, I have to play every day. I'm going to write two to three songs every week. I'm going to record, you know, that, and I've been doing that ever since. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what's different about me. Plus, I have ADD, <laughs> so I think that helps. 
That might work. Yeah. I'm bored. You know what? I know. <laughs> when, um, when people have stories, and you hear a lot of stories too, there's always something that's different, you know, about them. And what I find is that when people listen and they're trying to make decisions, they may not be like this person. They may not be like that person, but there's something <laughs> about somebody's story that's like, aha, I never tried that. Oh, yeah. That, I, um, yeah. you know, I, I got inspiration from that. I know when right. having a lot of different talents, sometimes that can be sort of a trap too, because you're not isolated to just having to put all of your eggs into one basket. Right. Even though right. you have learned skills, there's some things that you just naturally gravitate to doing. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. And that, I mean, yeah. I, think that's, I think that's what your show's about. And that's actually at the core of my show is yeah. to not only yeah. figure out what you're good at, what's your natural talents, release your creative cracking, get in the flow. You're going to succeed if you do all those sort of things. Mm. And then when you succeed, share your freaking story to inspire others. Because you wow. have no idea, and I'm not being arrogant here, but I, I write pretty well, tell good stories. I have an okay sense of humor, but I believe on LinkedIn that when people read my stuff, I've actually inspired people. And I don't, I have a very, I don't have like 2,800 followers, but so um, nobody's ever told me that, but that doesn't stop me. It's like, I, I'm going to keep telling my story because I know Somewhere out there, I threw a pebble in the ocean, and that ripple hit somebody. Yeah. And I, I just don't, I don't want to, I don't care to know. It doesn't matter to me. It's not like, oh, I inspired Philip R. and I'm great. No, it's like, that's your job when you're successful, is to share your story, share your struggles. And then people can go, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. Absolutely. I believe that. I, be I believe that. So what's Yeah, I think next? this show is all about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting. You have you're we're doing the same thing, but we're not doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, so, that's true. It's you know it's it's really awesome, and that's the that's the beauty I think of uh, humanity. You know, there's so oh, many yeah. common. There's so many things that are similar, but there's so many things that are dissimilar that are kind of um, they draw different people, different crowds, different yeah. people with different yeah. you know experiences. And that's that's the yeah. awesome part. Well, I think you and I are um, generalists of inspiration. Okay. And so what I mean by that is there's too many coaches out there that they did things in a very specific way and they create, and there's nothing wrong with this, although it kind of sounds like I'm judging them. And I am, but um, so, so they, get, they have a very specific process. They did things in a very specific way and they coach other people without listening, without getting to know them or whatever and go, here's what I did, do this and you'll be successful guess what? If I acted like and nothing against Gary V, I follow him. It's very interesting. Yes. But if I did what Gary V did, I wouldn't be successful because I'm not yeah. Gary V. I don't like the same things he does. I don't have the same talents. I don't have the same personality. I don't have the same drive. But yeah. you and I are generous and we like more shotgun. It's like, hey, get out there, go find your niche, go do it, do it your way. And I can help encourage you along the way which eventually that's what I want to do. I want to coach and mentor professionally. I mean, I've done it in the past, but yeah. And the cool thing is, is when I retire from corporate, Oh no, I'm going to put, not going to put that out there. I was going to say, when I travel from corporate America, I'll be fairly comfortable. And so I will charge less. I'm not going to put that out there. I should charge <laughs> what I'm, what I'm worth. Cause a lot of, that's a weird thing too. 
So people, if you give yeah. something to people for three, even though it could be like really valuable, they see it as no value. So I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's a whole, um, me being in marketing, I know 100%. There's a whole kind of um, thought process and strategy about how people perceive things that they don't have to work or pay for. Right. How they right. treat them. And it's like, if you got it for free, generally you treat it like it was free. Right. Well, yeah. and then there's the people. I call them the LinkedIn users, or no, users on LinkedIn, because I'm a LinkedIn user, technically. But no, users yeah. on LinkedIn, and those are the people who follow your journey, and then they pretended, they think they're your friend, and they think as a friend, yes. they part of friendship, is you can, you're going to give their your product or service to them for free, because you're friends. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, guess mm -hmm. what? You're not my friend then, because all my friends the would listen it. to my podcast or pay for it if, they, if it showed value, all kind of stuff, so... You're not yeah. my friend. Yeah. yeah. And I've actually dropped followers for that. I mean, I'd probably be almost, I said I was like over 2,800. I'd probably be like 3,100 if I didn't drop those. <laughs> but yeah. anyway. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's the value. It's like if it's not bringing you value, if it's not getting to your core yeah. need, and your need is to be able to share and to help encourage and to grow. Yeah. And if you're not meeting that because they have a different, which is just to pull value, then, you know, yeah. sometimes you have to rearrange the, the, the organization or the, the relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The relationship. Yeah. Shout out to LinkedIn again for, you know, connecting people, connecting the world. One oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, and by the way, <laughs> Uncle Mark is going to give you a little advice. So for oh, you people yes. that connect to someone, so I don't, a lot of times I don't, I have no idea how they got my name or whatever, but they connect and I like read their thing. Oh, they posted. Oh, they got interesting stuff. And then I go, okay, sure, I'll connect. And then their first post is, I, it always goes like this, and I always, like, uh, I go, oh, crap. So I go, hi, Mark, how are you? Like, immediately after me accepting their thing, it's like, I'm good, how are you? They never answer the question, by the way. That's another sign, uh-oh. It's like, yeah, I work in blah, 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 and I was wondering, and they go right into a sales pitch, and they don't know me from Adam. It's like, yeah, wow, I've never used that service before in my life. I will never need it. You don't know me at all. Why would I do business with you? So yeah, yeah anyway, don't do that. Relationships, yeah, get to know yeah. people and only offers them something when you believe it has a value for them. Yeah, it's that, that, that personal connection. And if you don't know how to do that, then there's enough resources out there for you to fake it very well. So, <laughs> so. Oh yeah, somebody. but I mean, people don't even try. They just go right to the pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. think. Yeah, I think I blame like the funnel technique, even though when I was in sales, I used the funnel technique. I think people, I think that's a case of what I talked about before. So there's several people and I have a lot of their books who were very successful with the sales funnel technique and the blue ocean and the red ocean and finding your niche and all that. And that worked for them. And then they built it up this product or service like that and it doesn't work for hardly anybody because it's what they did and everybody's different so what they do is people follow that it's like you missed it though because the nicks and the other people that were good at funneling they might not even express this but they actually got to know the people first they didn't try to sell people or force something down someone's throat when they didn't even have any relationship with them yeah but i think that's missing yeah. from a lot of that stuff yeah yeah. Sorry for and the I, diatribe. <laughs> <laughs> well, people today got a they got a really good lesson and be creative. 
be authentic, <laughs> and this is how you market. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Well, Mark, thank you, thank you, thank oh, you. Oh, it's over already. It's over already. I know. Oh, uh, right. So, thank you for uh, <laughs> being here. Stick around because I'm going to come back um, and we're going to chat just a little bit. But I just want to say okay. thank you for taking the time out again. I know your schedule is busy, and here we are recording once again. But I'm so <laughs> excited about it. I know, right? Because I mean, I've done Philip's show five times, and it hasn't been here once. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Well, well, this one will air. Okay. This one will, will make it to the uh, the cutting floor. So hold on, I'll be right back. Okay. After, after right. these messages. everybody, that is Mark Bentcover with "Release Your Inner Kraken." I will see you next time here on the Philip Show. Don't wait.